trusty friend Camden. Trusty friend Camden. Wow, that's uh, quite the moniker. Yeah, uh, you know you're always here dishing out assists to the podcast, much like <laughs> uh, the greatest point guards of all time, like Wardell, like Wardell Curry. Although we're gonna get to that, but is Steph Curry a point guard? We will discuss. So. Inspired by, I, I've been watching, in terms of the playoffs at this point, now that my Bulls have been euthanized, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> too harsh, someone needed wow. to put them down. Uh, wow. I, my main rooting interest is I want the Suns to win the championship, because I love Chris Paul, and I like that team, and I like uh, Monty Williams, and I've got some Devin Booker cards, so investment-wise it works for me. So anyway, I've watched the Suns more closely than anyone else, and uh, Chris Paul has had some amazing performances. Um, so that inspired us to talk about the all, all-time top 10 point guards and discuss their cards. Whenever you're putting together a top 10 list or critiquing somebody else's, it's always difficult to compare the different eras of basketball. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's a nice uh, challenge. And we're going to work off an ESPN list and then critique it. So... Going through the list, at least, I won't be biased, but then we'll, when we decide if we re-rank things, then all of my biases will come out for sure. So number one, we've got Magic Johnson. I think, at least I'm not going to dispute that as the number one point guard. Averaged 19.5 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists for his career. Won five rings, three MVPs, three finals MVPs. He's sixth all-time in assists. So, yeah, pretty unimpeachable resume. Yeah, I agree. I think he's at the top of the list, and there's really nothing you could do to take him off of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, w- I will say that going back to watch some Magic Johnson games, I uh, remember seeing Game One versus the Bulls a long yeah. time ago. I went back and and watched that game from 1991. This was just a few months before Magic retired from basketball, but just to see him back to the basket is yeah. just a whole different. Thing that you just don't see anymore at all. It's just a really different yeah. way of playing. Yeah, it reminds me of like I feel like Mark Jackson used to just start backing down from half court. Like, yeah, yeah. it was a different game. Uh, yeah. That's also latter day Magic, so not his most athletic self in 1991. But yeah, yeah. that's fair. So his rookie card is in the 1980-81 set tops. He's got two versions of it. The one that's most famous, obviously, is the three players on one card set. All the cards were like that in that set. His most popular rookie is the one with Larry Bird and Dr. J, which just makes for a, you know, kind of a epic card to have two yeah. rookies of top 10 players all time. When I was looking at prices about a year ago, they were just insane. Now, I mean, they're still expensive, but now a PSA 6, so a mid-grade kind of one goes for about a thousand bucks. A pro tip, if you don't have a thousand bucks to spend, he also has a rookie with Dr. J and some guy named Kolf that you can get for about 20% of the cost of that. And it's still the exact same card that's in the, the Larry Bird version. So if you want a magic card, but you don't have a thousand bucks to shell out, that's what I did. I've got one of those. Yeah, Kolf gets no respect, I tell you. <laughs> I'm a big Kolf guy. <laughs> I don't know what his first name is. <laughs> We're going to call him Camden Cole. Wardell. Uh, yeah, it might be Wardell. He, a lot of people also uh, like the 1981 Tops card um, because it's his first solo card. It's kind of a cool dated design. And a PSA 6 of that goes for 30 to 40 bucks. So that's another option if you're, if you're looking for basketball cards on a budget and wanting to build up your Hall of Fame 
uh, players. Yeah, so Magic, Dr. J, and Colf all on the same card. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you can get your Colf, you got to get it. All right, Camden, you want to talk about number two on the SBN list? Yeah, Oscar Robertson. He uh, averaged almost 26 points a game, seven and a half rebounds, nine and a half assists. Only had one championship and one MVP, 12-time All-Star, and nine All-NBA first team. This is uh, quite the resume here. And his cards are not cheap if you want a rookie card. 1961 Fleer for 2500 bucks. That's yeah. on the low end for PSA 6. Yeah, which I love that set. That's probably, I think when we talked about vintage cards, that's my favorite set of all time is the 61 Fleer. It just looks awesome. Uh, but yeah, not cheap by any means. The Big O, I would argue, kind of in the Steph Curry line of things, we could make arguments about whether he was... A point guard or more of a combo guard but he did average nine and a half assists for his career so i think it's legit to call him a point guard first guy he was the first russell westbrook he averaged a triple double although he actually mm. led his team to a championship so i guess not uh <laughs> anyway uh, i you know i'll probably never have the money for it but i would love to have that oscar robertson rookie. number three on the list is john stockton as the cumulative stats because oscar robertson played a thousand games john stockton played 1500 games a full 50 50 percent more than oscar robertson he averaged 13 points and 10 and a half assists for his career he's first all-time in assists and steals which is pretty cool never won a ring bunch of all-stars couple all-nba first team i was surprised he only has two all-nba first team in my opinion his rookie card is the 84 85 star number 235 and you can get those are only graded by beckett so it's about 400 dollars for a bgs 8 if you want a non-star card for some reason his 88 fleer psa 9 goes for about 100 bucks you know, I think having John Stockton as number three on this list is problematic a little bit because you're putting him above a couple guys who have won championships, in fact, several championships each. And it's kind of that age-old question, you know, yeah. individual stats versus championship pedigree. I don't think that's everything, but in his case, it's not like he had bad teams. No, uh, they. I mean, they lost the Bulls twice. Yeah. against Michael Jordan the last two times that Michael Jordan won a championship. So, Yeah, and the do do? two All-NBA first teams kind of show that even during his career, he was consistently great but wasn't considered elite elite. So I think that's interesting. Want to go with number four on the ESPN list? Yeah, we're talking about Wardell again. <laughs> so, so Steph Curry, Wardell Steph Curry. <laughs> I just Maybe I just can't get over that fact that his name is Wardell. <laughs> you just learned that today. I did. I actually did not know that. So, But I think he should be higher on the list. I think when all is said and done, he will be. You know, they very well could win a ring this year even. That team has, has been really amazing, and it's difficult to predict if they're actually going to pull it out again at this, at this juncture. We'll just see. You've got an impeccable resume. Over 24 points a game. Almost five rebounds, six and a half assists so far. He's played fewer games, but that's because his career is still going. Three championships, two MVPs, four All-NBA first team, eight-time All-Star, first all-time in three-pointers, 51st in points, and 56th in assists, which is maybe a little bit lower than you might expect. But then it goes back to, is Steph Curry actually a point guard? Yeah, that's my only, like, 
if we accept that he's a point guard, then yeah, I, th- I think I'd probably put him above Stockton. But doesn't he play like a shooting guard to me? He doesn't really bring the ball up the court. His assists are, you know, six and a half is okay, but I don't think of that as like a top point guard. It's just unclear to me, other than that he's little, that he's a point guard. That's all fair. And so it's hard to figure out what to do with him because he doesn't play like a traditional point guard. He definitely has the three-pointers and the shooting. You know, the best – Stephen A. Smith always likes to call him the, the best shooter that God ever created. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, super budget rookie card that we can get down here, the Topps Chrome. Yeah, could be yours, 2009-10 Topps Chrome. PSA 10 for only $9,000 on the low end. <laughs> yeah, most of them were more up to 13000 there's one, I own this card, so maybe I'm trying to pump up my own catalog here, but I really like his Panini Studio rookie card. It's kind of just a nice looking card. It's horizontally oriented, so some people wouldn't like that, but relative to a lot of, this is in that like middle area where, in my opinion, the cards aren't great, but that's a nice looking one for under $200, so I would recommend that. Yeah, Panini Studio. Definitely uh, save yourself some money from the Topps Chrome if you want yeah. to get in on a good Steph Curry rookie. Yeah. And a lot of the like upper deck and Topps cards, they're all, for some reason, like the Topps, he's wearing a white t-shirt, whereas in the studio one, he's got a Golden State Warriors jersey on, so that's preferable to me for sure. Number five, we'll go with one of my favorite players, JK, Isaiah Thomas. He averaged 19 points, about four rebounds and nine assists. In his career, he won two rings. He won a finals MVP. He was a three-time All-NBA first team. He's ninth all-time in assists and 18th in steals. I feel like he's kind of, well, I don't know. It's just there's not that far to move him up. But if you talk to anyone like Michael Jordan even or Magic Johnson, like he was the greatest point guard of that era after Magic Johnson and led his team to rings as the best player yeah, I, I think he's he definitely at least belongs at this level on this list. He's got a 1983 star, number 94. That goes for about 300 bucks for a BGS 8. And then the 86 Fleer is about 140 for a PSA 8. Yeah, he was so hated by the other players in his generation. Just an interesting dynamic. You know, we talked about that on another recent podcast about the Icons Club. The Icons Club, yeah. yeah. But he closed the deal, won a couple championships. It was sort of that transition era between uh, Bird versus Magic and the Bulls dynasty. You know, right in the middle sandwich in there is is that Pistons team. Yeah, and the biggest Bulls rival during that that period for sure. Fun team too, like Rodman was on that team, Mm -hmm. Dumars. uh... Bill Lambeer. (laughs) We were talking about fun, but yes, there's also (laughs) Bill Lambeer. All right, and number six, let's get to the man of the hour, Camden. Chris Paul, the point god. (laughs) So his resume is impeccable. The only knock he has is the lack of a championship, which could be remedied this very season. I'm hoping so. Yeah, so 18 points a game, four and a half rebounds, nine and a half assists, four-time All-NBA first team, 12-time All-Star, seven All-Defensive first team and likely to end up second in all-time assists. Right now he's number two, fourth in steals, 44th in points. Yeah, it's an impeccable resume that just needs a championship or or two would be nice too to have that resume. Move yeah. him up the list. Yeah, 
he to me he's one of those like we were talking about Stockton never winning a ring Chris Paul to me is different than that like he performs amazingly in the clutch like the advanced stats on that are off the charts he's just an incredible performer when it really matters and every team that he goes to gets better like that crazy year with the Oklahoma City Thunder it's just hard to believe they almost beat the Rockets in the first round with what that team has become just taking Chris Paul off of it yeah he's to me I think the ring narratively matters but I think he he already we know he's an amazing player and and the evidence bears out on that he even made the banana boat crew better no he's on the banana boat he's on a lot of commercials that I could do without (laughs) he's awesome He's he's been around forever. So his rookie is two thousand five. His tops Chrome PSA ten goes for about eight hundred bucks. One that I think is a cooler card that I own is the two thousand five SP Authentic autograph. Back then, now like the RPAs are like out of ninety nine. Back then, I think there's like twelve hundred and fifty copies of this card. Uh, but it's a beautiful card. I love SP Authentic, so I would recommend buying a raw version of that rather than buying the uh, overproduced tops Chrome. But uh, that's just my opinion. So not to circle back to something from the Icons Club that we talked about before, but is Chris Paul an icon? I think we said no the last time we were talking about this. What do we have to say for ourselves, Nathaniel? Yeah, you were saying that we were being harsh on Chris Paul. I, I think I was just trying to be realistic that I think in terms of like performance, I mean, he's not Tim Duncan, but I would put him in that sort of category of based on his resume. Yes, obviously an icon, but I don't know that... You know, he, he's not a flashy, and he's got the commercials and stuff, but I still don't think he's somehow has that panache that, you know, like an Allen Iverson or whatever would have. So I think he's an icon, but I was just trying to be realistic. He really needs to get that ring this year. That would really bolster his case. Like he does have the insurance commercials going for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think the public views it that way. I, I, I disagree that it really matters for his resume, but I, I think the public views it that way. I'd probably say Devin Booker is the best player on his team. But like when we get to Jason Kidd, he technically won a ring, but it was late career role player with the Mavericks. And then like Gary Payton won one with, the, with Miami when he was post-prime. So this would still be him winning as a major driver on the team. Yeah, definitely. He makes every team better that he's on. Yeah, I mean, he's incredible. I love that guy. And, he, you know, like a guy like DeAndre Ayton is so much better now that he plays with him. Like, it's just cool to see what he can do with really limited, like he's little and he's not like super athletic. It, it's been fun watching him funky little moves and mid-rangers. Speaking of guys who it would have been great if they'd won a ring, you want to talk about number seven, Camden? Yeah, so that could have been remedied this season, but uh, his team <laughs> as a coach... Camden. Camden until yesterday <laughs> believed it was going to happen somehow. <laughs> You're not too far off there. <laughs> but Steve Nash, yeah, 14, over 14 points a game, three rebounds, eight and a half assists through about 1,200 games. He won MVP twice, which is, I mean, that's a pretty big resume thing. Not for many guys win the MVP twice. I mean, it's a short list. A three-time All-NBA first team, eight-time All-Star, Fourth all-time in assists. Uh, he's had a, an incredible coaching career. <laughs> well, maybe not incredible, but he's a coach for now. <laughs> right, for now. And he, uh, I don't know if he started the 50-40-90 club. I think he might have, but he did it four times, which wow. is just insane. 
I think he's a player who, if he came along 10 years later, he wouldn't be Steph Curry, but he would shoot a lot more because mm. he, was, he was amazingly efficient. But back then, you know, he just was hesitant to shoot. He wanted to be the consummate point guard. But, yeah, I, I, he'd be interesting to watch now for sure. All right. You um, want to talk about his cards a little bit? Yeah. So he's from the 96 class with Kobe and Iverson and all those guys. So the first Topps Chrome class, his PSA 8 goes for 40 bucks. The 9 goes for about 125 you got to watch for hulking. Do you know what that means, Camden? Uh, is, that the, is that the green guy with lots <laughs> of muscles? <laughs> that, that is what's implied. Yeah, the, those early Topps Chrome and early finest cards. I was thinking about this with you, with how you want to build the 93-94 finest set. Mm-hmm. Uh, those cards, more than any of them, they're, they're like all turning green, especially the white guys just look <laughs> crazy green. Um, so that's, a, I don't know, that's a problematic set to collect because it's fallen apart on us. Anyway, but his tops chrome, 40 bucks to 125 for a nine. And then the one that I like a lot better is the EX2000. Ooh, does he have one of those actually? There's one guy, maybe he doesn't have an EX2000. Sorry, I take that back. Uh, I think he's just in chrome and finest. Um, but anyway, Steve Nash, he's great. Are, Jason, are, you, are they coming for you, man? Or do you hear, I hear a siren in the background. Yeah, they found out on my, uh, my take on who did I have a negative take on. I don't I haven't really had a negative take on anyone. <laughs> Too much hulking. I couldn't land that joke. <laughs> uh, let's go through these last guys quicker. We got Jason Kidd. He's kind of in the Stockton vein that he played forever, almost 1,400 games, won one post-prime championship, took his team to the finals several times with those nets. He was more – most of these guys are not good defenders other than Chris Paul. He's, he was a good defender. He's currently a coach and doing a better job of that than Steve Nash. His 94-95 finest goes for 15 to $40 for your PSA 9. And again, you need to watch for the greening on those. The hulking. Yeah. Number nine, we've got Walt Clyde Frazier. Wait, one more thing about Jason Kidd. He's re- reputed to have the most boisterous bench in basketball on, on the Mavs. Oh, really? Yeah, they're Theo oh. Pinson. Yeah, he doesn't even play, but he evidently is just a thorn in the side of everybody else on the, huh. the other team. That's interesting. Yeah. Jason Kidd's uh, Wikipedia is a rough read. He's kind of Malone-like in that regard, so I'm a little hesitant to encourage you to buy much Jason Kidd, uh, but you can look that up on your own. Walt Clyde Frazier is at number nine. He's another guy that I think he played as their point guard, but more shooting guardish. 19 points, six rebounds, six assists. Won two rings on those classic Knicks teams. He's from the 1969 top set, so his PSA 5 goes for about 130. Not my favorite set of all time, but Walt Frazier's a icon for sure. He was very, you know, if you look up his outfits back in the day, and even today, he had a lot of flair. And he's still the Knicks play-by-play guy and has a very colorful vocabulary that's fun to listen to. <laughs> Want to do number 10, Camden? Yeah, uh, so this is Bob Cousy from that champion Celtics team. And this team gets kind of overlooked sometimes because it was so long ago and also obviously had Bill Russell on it. So Bob Cousy, 18.4 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 7.5 assists, and he played 924 games. Six championships. Bill Russell actually had 11 so he was. I know. We're ch- I was kind of surprised when I read that. For some reason, I thought they played together through the whole run, but he only did like half of it. Yeah, I, I thought it was more as well. Uh, one, he was MVP one time 
but uh, 10 times on the All-NBA First Team, uh, 13-time All-Star, 20th in all-time assists. Now, also back then, I think it's worth noting, and I think this some people use this as sort of discount, <laughs> those older icons, but there are only about eight teams or something, right, back yeah. then? Yeah, it does make it hard to compare. Yeah, it's definitely Because when you're All-NBA First Team on eight teams, it doesn't mean quite as much as when there's 30 teams. So there was... No three-point line. Uh, yeah, and there was also kind of a... There weren't always black players, and then once there were, a lot of teams kind of basically had a quota. Like, you could have two black players per team. So it, it's kind of like comparing some of the old baseball legends. It, it's hard because the playing field wasn't even. But, I mean, none of those things are Bob Cousy's fault, per right. se. He, he played well in the time that he existed. Also, his, his stats are rough. The percentages are are not pretty so but it's a different era for sure yeah so what's uh 1957 1958 tops gonna set you back nathaniel just 840 bucks honestly though compared to for how old that card is and for what a legend he is i, I was actually surprised that card's not more to be honest mm-hmm. um it's a lot, you know what's cool lot more than a lot more than a walt frazier yeah for yeah but it was also you know, 12 years earlier in the second set ever of cards that were made for basketball. Um, Bob Cousy's cool because last I knew, he's 93 years old, but if you mail him a card, he'll autograph it for you. Wow. Uh, So I've actually been thinking about trying to find a good Bob Cousy card to do that with. Honorable mentions, we've got Iverson, although I would question whether he's a point guard, Gary Payton, Nate Tiny Archibald. All right, Camden, in our last few minutes here, shall we come up with a Nashak Index list? See how we would order this? Uh, well, we've sort of been doing that along here, right? I guess we can yeah. kind of do that on the fly. I think Magic and Oscar, we're going to leave one and two, correct? Yeah. Do we yeah. call Steph Curry a point guard? We need to make that decision right now. Let's call him a point guard. Okay, so we're going to move him up to three of three. us, Stockton, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, and I think Isaiah should be number four. Okay, so we're and bumping then... Stockton down to at least five. Where's Chris Paul versus Stockton? Boy, the, I, I would put him behind Stockton at the Stockton at this point, but I that could that could change by the end of his career. I okay. think he's number six for now. I think that's that's reasonable. So we're moving Stockton down to five. We leave Chris Paul at six. Although I want to move Kuzi up. Like I, I think it's not. Mm-hmm. I think he should be above Jason Kidd and Walt Frazier, maybe right behind Steve Nash. So we'll leave Steve Nash at seven. Move Kuzi to eight, and then leave. Kid and uh, Frazier at 9 and 10. Yeah. Now are you wanting to leave uh, Iverson, Gary Payton, and Nate Tony Archibald? Who would off. you kick out? I mean, we'd have to kick out Walt Frazier, but I, I think he was a iconic player in his era, so I don't want to – yeah. I, if Iverson were a point guard, then I would think about it harder. Iver- I, I, Iverson, I really man. think he's a shooting guard. Iverson, man. <laughs> no, he's to me like you can make the you can question the Steph Curry thing, but I don't think there's a question. <laughs> what did Iverson do? He shot the ball. That was all he did, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> all right, well, probably concludes our list here. We're uh, yeah. topical, and uh, everyone else is talking about Tatum and whatever. We're we're talking about Oscar Robertson. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We, we, 
We go to the beat of our own uh, hobby. Our own drummer, yes. You got to get your Prism Oscar Robertson cards. <laughs> they probably actually do have those. They do those retro things, don't they? Those retro things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do people like those? I feel like, I don't feel like those are popular. I don't know. Sometimes people like the Prisms that are to look like the 2012 iconic set. They made some later that are like that one. And yeah. In my opinion, there's something a little bit silly about having a card of a legendary player unless it's autographed yeah like it just seems anachronistic you know yeah or like with a jersey or something i can Mm -hmm. see that but yeah i agree seeing a a mosaic bill russell i'm just like this this is wrong (laughs) but i think seeing a mosaic anything is wrong so oh wow whoa yeah all right camden (laughs) this has been fun it's been fun next week we'll do the top six men award winners of all time to keep things relevant. I'll be a snooze fest. <laughs> Tony Kukoc, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll see ya. All right, bye.